This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to another episode of The Reality Is. As always, it's Noor, and I am riding solo today. I'm giving you a full recap of The Real Housewives of OC, which currently is my favorite show on Bravo. I have to say, I, you know, obviously I love New York. I'm having an absolute blast covering New York with Arthi, but I gotta say, like, watching OC just makes me so damn happy. Um, Before I get into it, just a couple of quick housekeeping things. I am on vacation next week, so there will not be any new episodes, but I'll do a couple of re-releases. Since Vanderpump Rules is back on everybody's mind recently, um, thanks to that Rachel interview, um, I'm going to be re-releasing a couple of um, our favorite episodes from the season of VPR. One is the Scandaval breakdown with my cousin. Another one is, right, and that's the one that happened right as the news broke. Um, And then a couple of the reunion recaps with Arthi and with Tom Hamlet, which, you know, as you know, is always hilarious and so fun. So if you haven't checked that out, those will be out next week for you guys to just listen in and give me a couple of, you know, downloads. That's all I'm looking for. Um, Also, before I get into OC, this is like breaking news. Trigger warning, I'm going to be talking about sexual misconduct and sexual assault. If you don't want to hear this part of the episode, feel free to skip ahead about seven minutes and I'll be talking about OC. I've mentioned this before in the podcast that I don't cover Below Deck because it's just not a show that I really cared about, Um, especially after Hannah and Kate left. It just wasn't for me. And it honestly, it infuriated me. But this season I did watch, right, because of all the stuff that came out with Margot. I don't even remember the guy's name. Was it Chase? It wasn't Jason. It was something else. Luke, right? Luke, the guy who uh, is a predator who sexually harassed her um, and uh, sexually assaulted her. Um, so I I did cover a little bit of that when, uh, with Mandy Slutsker a couple weeks ago, but this is breaking news. Um, apparently, this guy, Gary, who started on Below Deck Sailing Yacht, what's his last name? Gary King. Um, he has recently been accused of, um, well, there's a couple of things. First of all, Gary, I've only, I only know of Gary from the Project Runway episode that just happened. And even on that, I was like, oh my God, this guy is exhausting. He seems terrible. Um, so that's all I know of him. He was a creep. He was like really trying to hit on Anna. He was being such a weirdo. Um, so I could tell right off of just like one episode of seeing him passively that he obviously had issues. And then I've seen people post about him and really hate him. So Gary King, um, this is the story that came out on Rolling Stone, which is a pretty big deal. 
Um, and the headline is called Below Deck Accused of Covering Up Gary King's Sexual Misconduct. So I'm going to link the article in the episode description so you guys can check it out. But, you know, I think it's interesting. I wanted to talk about it because obviously there's been a lot more discussion about Bravo and how they've been handling everything. And, you know, we raved about how the Luke Margot situation was handled on this television show. But now reading this article, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Um, Essentially, you know, long story short in the article, what they're saying is that one of the members of the production team was um, sexually harassed and sexually, I mean, I guess I want to, it's, I don't know what to call it, but um, inappropriately touched, um, which I call molestation um, by Gary King while he was, you know, being highly uh lubricated by like tons and tons of alcohol by the production staff um he groped and tried to trap one of the production um members in their hotel room and um or in his hotel room and when this person the issue here is that when they reported it to the executive producers and everything nothing was done about it like it went through the ropes of like oh we'll talk to this person we'll talk to this person and it'll be reported to this person it was reported to everybody including i think the company's called 51 minds that's the name of the actual parent company the production company it was reported up to them and one of the things is that this person who reported it they weren't alone. There were other people that were working in production that also said similar things that he did, that they watched him do similar things to other women, um, guests, whatever. And those people who reported it were asked not to return to the show um, when it started filming following that season. And this is from last year, from 2022. So um, that's deeply disappointing, obviously. Another part of it um, in the article that like really threw me off was they there's a section where the person says that um, HR reached out to them because it uh, they reached out to this woman who I'm gonna find her name. I should find her name because she is fucking fantastic for actually going out there and you know she went through she did the thing that she was supposed to do. She went through the um samantha suarez so samantha suarez went through the protocol right she reported it to her manager and hr and all these people and what happens she's told that i need you to stop talking about it with everybody on the staff because it's turning into water cooler talk and it seems like you're trying to take the show down um yeah if i was sexually assaulted at work and my employer didn't do anything about it, I would go around and tell every single person there that I'm working with that this is what's happening so that something is done about it. Um, it was just, it's it's a really upsetting article, I'm not going to lie, to read. Um, and I'm wondering how Bravo is going to address this. You know, I only saw Gary, and, and this is crazy because Gary was asked to return to the show after this was reported. Um, and then he was brought on Project Runway. He's going to be at BravoCon. Like, I'm not sure what Bravo is thinking when it comes to stuff like this. Like, and I think where my mind goes is this is coming out now because we obviously have more of a reason for people to speak out because people feel like they will be heard and understood and actually believed, right? 
And um, it makes me wonder how much other shit has happened through the years that we haven't heard of because, you know, uh, women are often not believed or it's just covered up and stuff like that. So I don't know. It was an upsetting article. Um, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to post it in the description. And but, you know, now that we're done talking about that, let's just move on to Real Housewives of Orange County this week. So I want to preface this, first of all. I watch this show on Peacock, but just um, uh, like when it's actually on live, I don't watch it live, but I will scroll through um, Twitter and see like what people are saying about the show, right? People who live tweet about the show. Um, apparently, Peacock does not start the show the same way as they actually play it live. So I think that when the show starts live on who on like on regular television, cable, whatever, um, when it's on on Wednesday nights, there's like a whole section in the beginning that gets cut out when you watch it on Peacock. So like there's a whole section in the beginning of the episode where I guess Shannon has like a conversation sort of with John about the doppelganger party and how everybody was talking about their relationship and everything like that. But I didn't see that in the Peacock episode. The Peacock episode opens with Emily and the Innocence Project. Um, So that's where I'm going to start because that's how I started to take notes. Um, And that's what I watched. Okay. Emily and the Innocence Project. I want to talk about this because, listen, we all know Emily Simpson is a MAGA girl. Okay. Now, obviously, you guys know that I have been very vocal about my feelings about Aaron from Real Housewives of New York, okay? I don't like her. I don't like MAGA girlies. That's not for me. Um, But here's the thing uh, about Emily Simpson. And here's the thing I think about like all people, right? Like I know for a fact that there are uh, people who have listened to this podcast and definitely left me some scathing reviews about this thing of like, just because somebody's a Republican or just because somebody votes a certain way doesn't mean that they're a bad person, right? And I think that while, of course, the argument to that is you're not a bad person, but you're voting for bad people who will do bad things to people that you say that you care about, right? And I think that obviously that is true and a valid argument. I am a person who believes that just because you voted a certain way doesn't mean that you're an absolute total monster, right? I think the problem when you have somebody like Aaron is that Aaron and her explanation didn't really explain what was going on or why she was still donating. To, I don't think she admitted that she was donating to Trump after the election. So um, here's the thing about Emily. Emily has actually gone on record to say that she voted for Trump and she would vote for him again. So it's very much possible she didn't even vote for Biden. But here's the thing about Emily. Emily is, I think that she, I I said this last year, when she started to talk about the Innocence Project last year too, it very much felt to me like her, she's saying, I have heard all you guys talk about how I am a Republican and that I probably don't believe Black Lives Matter. And I don't think I'll like, you know, Emily is somebody I think who's very aware of how people feel about her. And I don't think that she's necessarily somebody who hides Um, or pretends to be somebody else just because she's worried about how other people might feel about her. Emily is who Emily is. So part of her showing the Innocence Project last year, I was a little bit cynical about it because I was like, okay, this bitch is only doing it so that people will get off her ass about Black Lives Matter and all that kind of stuff, right? Because she is a Republican. 
But this season, um, she, you know, she's doing this um, Innocence Project Gala and she is bringing all these um, folks on camera to talk about their stories and everything. And it definitely felt more, more to me. Like last year, she was just talking to a guy who had been through stuff. But this year, we find out that she actually helped this woman get exonerated. Um, and this is where I say that, like, sure, you can be a Republican and you can vote for things that I disagree with because maybe you believe in small government or something or I'm not sure what else. But if you're actually doing the work that's going to help people, I, I can't, I can't not support that. So yeah, Emily Simpson, a MAGA girl who I can get behind. And I don't even know if she's a MAGA girl anymore. Maybe she was like a John McCain Republican. I don't know. Anyway, um, we find out that the Innocence Project Gala party is at the same time as Shannon's taco noodle man party fiesta. Okay, Shannon. Shannon is setting up her little taco party and Heather goes to meet her because this is all everybody sort of coming together after the doppelganger party. And Heather is very straightforward in explaining to Shannon what's going on. Heather says, I did not initiate conversations about Shannon. Okay. I did not initiate conversations about your relationship, but here's the thing. Shannon tells everybody what's going on in her relationship. And then she expects people not to trade notes. This exact situation has happened to me before. Not with somebody on reality television, obviously, but I have an acquaintance who I met. Obviously, they're an acquaintance. And everything was we had like a very regular cordial relationship. And then they opened up to me about some really deep, dark stuff in their relationship. And what was really alarming to me was that their partner is somebody that my husband got along with really, really well. And I was like, oh no, should I do something about this because the stuff that they said about their partner was really, really bad. And I'm like, blink twice if you need help, girl. What's going on, right? So I'm thinking to myself, I'm the only person who has ever been told this about this person's relationship. And what's really confusing is obviously on social media and everything, this person is very, very like goo goo gaga crazy for their partner. Like they're just absolutely in love with their partner. Their partner is the best person in the world. But anytime I would see this person alone, they would be like, oh my God, I can't stand them. I'm going to divorce them, all this stuff. And the way that they told me all this stuff about their like, let's say things that I would keep in the vault, I felt like I was the only person who was being told this information. But over a couple of years, I realized and a lot of us realized that she had sort of pulled us all aside separately to tell us these like really deep, dark things about her relationship. So we all thought that we were the only ones who knew until we all suddenly like kind of traded notes because things would happen. It would be like, that's strange, like that they're so lovey-dovey online. And it's like, yeah, and it, all, all it takes is one person to say, yeah, it's totally fake because she always talks about her husband. And then you're like, oh my God, you're absolutely right. Shannon does talk about John all the time. Did she talk to you about John? Oh my God, she talked to me about John. What did she tell you about John? Isn't it weird that she is being so fake? Isn't it weird that she's pretending like everything is fine? That's like a normal thing that happens between girlfriends. And I don't know why Shannon is so upset about it. But 
Shannon also brings up, and this might just be in the Peacock version, but Shannon brings up something about how Heather sent her a text, and Shannon's like, I saw that text as a threat. But like all she, all Heather said in the text was, hey, listen, I know you're really upset, and I'm really sorry if I caused any of that hurt. But here's the thing, Shannon. If you don't tell your own story, somebody else is going to tell it for you. And that's what Heather is trying to say because here we are, we're talking about storylines. We're not talking about just a bunch of girlfriends talking about Shannon's relationship. We're talking about Shannon not exposing her, Shannon not having a real storyline. And the girls are annoyed with it because Shannon probably gets paid a lot more money than they do. And so here they are, here she, that's why Heather is saying, if you don't tell your own story about your relationship, if you never talk about your relationship, if you don't actually open up and get ahead of it, somebody else will tell it for you. I think that's what Heather's saying. But of course, Shannon takes it as a threat because Shannon is, Shannon is right to be called storms because I feel like in her mind is constantly a storm. It's like a constant hurricane. It, it Somebody call FEMA. It is a natural disaster going on inside of her brain all the time because when Heather continues to say like, listen, I'm not saying anything about your relationship. You've been telling people things about your relationship. Shannon's like, well, you're insinuating things when you say things like that, Heather. What is she insinuating? You're the you're, you're making a bigger deal out of it. You're making it look a lot worse, Shannon, by constantly covering up. And that's what Heather is trying to say. You're making it worse. Nobody is saying anything about your relationship. You're saying things about your relationship by saying, "I can't talk about my relationship." Why can't you talk about your relationship, girl? What's going on? But Shannon storms out. Shannon storms out Bador, okay? Because she says <laughs> It just cracks me up because it's her, it's her venue, it's her party, it's her setup, it's her scene, and she's like, "I'm done." <laughs> she walks away, but it's like, "Where are you going? You got to stay here. You got that party going on." But Heather obviously is not coming to the party. Another thing I really liked about Heather was Heather comes and she's like, "I'm not going to bullshit with you. Let's just get to it," you know. And I really appreciate that. Um, we have this scene with Double and Jen and her son Dominic, and it's about adoption and all that stuff. And I feel two ways about it. I don't okay. First of all, she said this one thing that really bothered me, where her son is like, she's like, Oh, Dominic says, like, I wish that my skin and my hair look like my brother's. And I'm like, You're telling me that your adopted brown child wants to look like his white brother and blonde sister. (laughs) Like, I get what she's saying because she's like, no, I tell him that his hair is perfect and his skin is perfect and his eyes are beautiful. Like, I appreciate that. But like, there is an ick that I get from this because obviously the optics of like this white, it's, it's very, you know, when you think about all this stuff that's going on with Michael Orr and the blind side stuff and like the Tui family and how fucked up they are. And I'm not saying that that's what Jen is, but there is this ick that you get of this white savior ick and I don't like it. And it felt to me like Jen is trying to use her son as a way to make herself look like a better person on TV. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. It really bothers me. The way she's like, 
do you ever think about this or do you ever talk about this? You want to like, I don't know. It's just like, why are you having this conversation on camera? You don't have to do that. It just, it felt really icky to me and I really hated it. Um, Heather, we find out is, you know, she bought her apartment. She's going to sell her house. And then there's a third thing that she wanted to do this year that she can't tell us. I wonder what it is. Is it Max's new song? I haven't heard it, but allegedly it's not bad. Um, Shannon gets a call. She's still setting up her little party and she gets a call from Emily and Emily says she was going to call Shannon to tell her that she's going to be late to her little taco party because she has to go to the Innocence Project Gala. But Emily gets annoyed because Shannon doesn't take any accountability for her part of the doppelganger party. And she's like, fuck this. I'm not dealing with this. I am not going to Shannon's party. And I love this scene because it's like the fourth wall had to come down all the way, like production stepped in on both sides. And I just love when this happens because I feel like as housewives evolve, we're going to need to go in this direction. Like that's why family karma was so good because the fourth wall was down all the time. And I feel like on the show, I think uh, when Mandy was on, she mentioned that in Dave Quinn's book, he mentioned it, that after the first or second season, every single fight on Housewives is about the show itself. So we obviously know with Emily and Shannon, this fight is about the show itself. They're really annoyed about the fact that Shannon's not taking accountability for, number one, telling everybody what's going on in her relationship off camera, and then number two, pretending to be different on camera. That's the thing. Like, Shannon, you can't say, no, I'm not hiding anything while saying on camera, I can't talk about this. <laughs> because the thing that's true, Shannon isn't being open about all the things in her relationship. She's not. <laughs> She's like having these like absolutely unhinged reactions to things. It just makes it so much worse. <sighs> Shannon, never change. Um. So Emily's not going to this party and Gina decides she's not also going to the party, but she does she even call Shannon to tell her? I don't think she does. I don't even think she does. Like Heather comes, they have it out and obviously Heather's not going to go. Emily calls her, they try to talk and they're not going to. Gina doesn't even call Shannon. But anyway, Emily and Gina um, had to uh, get ready for the Innocence Project Ella and um, it just it's just so funny because Obviously, you have these like really important things going on, right? You have like the folks, the exonerees and everything like that. All the people that were like wrongfully imprisoned, like we meet this woman who was on death row, um, you know, people who were serving life in prison and then they were released because they were wrongfully. I mean, one woman says like, yeah, it was just like cops not doing their job, right? Like I love the fact that Emily is in a scene probably as like a big Blue Lives Matter girl having to admit that, yeah, some cop fucked up and put somebody in prison for seven fucking years. And they lost seven years of their life. They couldn't get back to work. They couldn't do all the things that they could do because of bad, bad casework, you know? But it was so funny to me the way the editors put this together because you have these people who are like sharing these absolute hardships that they had in their life, right? And then you cut to Shannon who is having an absolute pity party for herself because six of her guests are not coming. <laughs> Guys, like, this is so good because you have to laugh at the ridiculousness of this white lady and just her neuroses and just how nutty she is. Shannon is crying about nobody coming to her party and acting as if like, 
she fucking like went up. You bought some party supplies and you got this weird senior noodle to come and do what? Hibachi? I'm so confused. What work did you do, Shannon? She's like, I had to buy place settings and, you know, it costs money. Okay. I'm sure the tags are still on the back of it. Girl, just go and return it. Who cares? Who cares? Are you that strapped for cash? Anyway, Taylor, Tamara, and Jen come to the party and Shannon, God, the appropriation. She keeps greeting everybody with, I have to move myself away from the mic. Hola! And it's like not just like a little bit, it's a lot. And she keeps saying, it's just like, this is so white. It was just so white this episode, I think. Shannon tells the girls what Emily said to her on the phone, which is that, you know, you're like Jekyll and Hyde, which is true. She acts like two people. But I love what the way Shannon tells stories. Like she's like, yeah, I'm not coming. They're not coming to the party because apparently I'm Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, I don't I don't even know. I don't know. Um, This senior noodle guy comes and again, this is my notes say senior noodle shows up and wraps. This is dot, dot, dot white. Like, I just couldn't deal with the secondhand embarrassment of all this. It was just so weird. And also, why is this man called Senior Noodle? Like, why? He has a hibachi grill. Is Senior and then also Noodle. But, like, are there, there like, Mexican or, like, Spanish dishes with, like, noodles in it? Like, noodles are not necessarily – and then why is there hibachi grill? And, like, what? So what's going on? I just don't even understand what this name means. It's like if it was, it's like if his name was like uh, Monsieur Curry. Like, why is it Monsieur Curry? Right? Like, why? <laughs> or like Monsieur Hot Dog. Like, why? Why is it, why is there a French thing with like a not, it just doesn't make sense to me. Also, it reminds me of, and this is like a real deep cut and only for people who have kids. But remember um, on Elmo, there's a Mr. Noodle on Sesame Street. Hey, Mr. Noodle. Love that. Love Mr. Noodle. I don't love Mr. Noodle, but I love when Elmo talks to Mr. Noodle. Um, but that's what it reminded me of. And I'm like, Senor Noodle is not Mr. Noodle. But anyway, everybody's having tequila, which seems like a good idea for Shannon, who's already pissed off and emotional. Um, and Shannon gives herself a little pity party toast. She's like, thank you to everybody who showed up for me. And then Eddie's like, let's toast John and Shannon. And it's so funny because Eddie's toasting to John and Shannon. And it cuts to this confessional where Tamara's like, yeah, Shannon and John are definitely not going to get married. Their relationship is totally fake and it's definitely a mess. And then they cut back to the party and Jen is like, you know, it's a shame that you've been open and honest about your relationship, Shannon, and it's being thrown back in your face. And Tamara says, yeah, it's disgusting. As if she's not the one who started all of this. This is what is hilarious. And I'll get to like the line of how all this started, but it just is so funny because Tamara is just in the background of this episode. I think she says like five things, but she's a reason why there's so much mess. Tamara is a reason why three, why six of Shannon's guests didn't show up. Tamara's a reason. Ugh. Jen uh, says that Gina said, <laughs> this is so stupid. Jen says that Gina said that Shannon was poking around about Gina and Travis, but Gina 
can't talk about John and Shannon. Um, and so this is what Jen says that Gina said to Jen about Shannon talking about Gina and Travis while nobody can talk about John. Okay. Yes, that makes sense. Right. So Shannon uses this opportunity to remind everybody that Shannon saved Gina's life. These white people, they love to be saviors, even to their own whites, you know, but here's the thing. First thing she said, I agree with. Yes. If Shannon cried to John for years and years and years about David, he'd be out of the relationship. Sure. That is what she said to Gina. And I agree with that, right? Like, yeah, Gina, if you keep crying to Travis, Travis is going to leave you, right? That's what Heather said. There's nothing wrong with what she said. But then Shannon goes on to talk about the DUI stuff. And this is from a season that I did not watch. So I understand that like much, but like, I know that much of this is already on the show, but Jen is right when she says that this is beyond a table conversation because of what Shannon starts to say. Shannon's talking about CPS and her kids being taken away. And you all know that like it just – it's ridiculous because here is Shannon who is like so upset about the things that Heather is insinuating by saying, I'm keeping your secrets in the vault. And – Here Shannon being like, oh, I'm not, I'm not saying that Gina is a bad mother. I'm just saying that they would have gone to CPS if it wasn't for me. Like, you know that that's what Shannon's going to say because she's fucking stupid and awful and I love her. Um, uh, Senor Noodle assaults everybody with a tequila gun. I just, these are some dumb fuck white lady antics. Okay. That's what this is. Um, we head to LA where Heather has purchased her penthouse and she's there with an interior designer. Um, and I don't know why the interior de- interior designer is there when the entire apartment is like a Roberto Cavalli like designed apartment. But I mean, anyway, Heather says that she's not going to be telling anybody about the sale of her actual house for $55 million because there's NDAs. Mm, I don't know, Heather. You're doing it on camera. Just weird. I don't know what the point of this is. Like, are you trying to get back to LA because you want to be on uh, Beverly Hills? Like, what is your plan here? Because I need you to stay on OC. I like Heather on OC. I do. Um, Gina visits Jen. Um, and it's so funny. Jen is, I could smell the cat food through my TV. And I was horrified that Jen walks in and she's like, oh, my God, do you smell that? I'm really sorry. And Gina goes, yeah, it smells good. (laughs) Poor Travis. Poor Gina's kids. This is the lady who boils pasta and just, like, pours, like, ragu on it. Oh, God. Anyway, Gina visits Jen and they talk about Shannon's fiesta and how Gina wasn't there. And Gina said that, yeah, it means zero sense for me to be there. But then Jen tells Gina what Shannon said about the CPS stuff. And I was like, you know what? Jen is ready to play. Jen is like, you guys rake me through shit for uh, Ryan. And now I'm ready to start swinging. Okay. So Gina tells, sorry, Jen tells Gina what Shannon said about the CPS stuff. And I think Gina was right to say, you think that so I, you think that my kids are going to be taken away because I had a DUI? If that was the case, then every single child in Orange County would be locked up because you know that those white ladies be loving to drink and drive, okay? Um, it's very common in the suburbs, unfortunately. Anyway, 
Um, Shannon and Emily meet for lunch, and um, Emily says that she's sorry about the FaceTime and calling her Jekyll and Hyde and all that stuff. But I just got to say, Shannon is the absolute queen of the private experience, right? And if you're new here, you don't know what that means. Let me explain to you. A private experience is where you think that everybody is mad at you and everybody's talking about you, but nobody actually gives a shit. And that's the thing about Shannon. Shannon is the queen of the private experience. She thinks that anything every anybody is saying is a slight to Shannon because Shannon herself thinks so poorly of herself. Like her issues with Heather are a self-fulfilling prophecy because she says that Heather has a history of blowing things out of proportion. Okay. And Heather has a history of making her look crazy. Okay. But as a result to, out of fear that she's going to look crazy, Shannon acts the craziest fully on her own. So she almost just like falls right into Heather's hands. And it's so crazy because this whole situation, you know, Emily shows up and they apologize. And then Shannon is like, well, Heather is a liar. She lies all the time. She is a liar. All this stuff. Emily is crying. But I think the only reason Emily is crying is because she realizes that she got, she tried to shit on Heather and she got roped into it because of her involvement here. Right. I think that she Emily knows that what she is saying is not any different than what Heather is saying. Emily, Heather, and Gina have all talked shit about Shannon the same amount, but the only person who hasn't done it on camera is Heather. The rest of you all have done it on camera. So Shannon should be the most mad at everybody else except for Heather. It doesn't make any sense. But what what of if anything has ever made sense of what Shannon does? She had her like 17 bowls, uh, lemon bowls. And then she would, she had all those crystals inside of her house to protect her house. But then like, she got like, obviously all this plastic surgery, but she also didn't use Wi-Fi in her house out of fear of radio frequencies. I mean, nothing Shannon does makes sense, but that's why I love her. And there's this thing that housewives do at the end of fights where they're like, this has really been bothering me. I couldn't sleep. And the other person's like, I couldn't sleep either. It's like, no, I'm, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep for three days. And the person's like, I couldn't sleep for four days and have a crick in my neck. And they're like, no, but it really, it like wrecked my soul. It's like, no, it wrecked my soul. It's like, it's like whose insomnia was worst competition. It's so silly, but I love it. I love OC so much. It just, it cracks me up so much. Shannon is so perfect. Um, that's it for this episode. It was a little mini. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Um, I will be out all next week and I hope you guys uh, have a good Labor Day and a nice break and I will catch up with you when it's back to school season in September. And you know what, guys? Happy birthday to me because my birthday is not Monday. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye.